I've been fortunate. I, I have a habit of failing upward. You know, I've been fired. I've been fired four times in my life, and every time I've been fired, I've always ended up in a better place. Let me thank you for taking the time to be here. Oh, of course. We just ran into each other. Total serendipity. Had no clue. Now, I, I mm -hmm. saw you a couple of times when you came here at the beginning. And yeah. I think I came straight up to you and spoke to you. Of course you did, yes. Right? Very personable. I said, how are you doing? Mm. How are you doing? And, yeah. and, and you have your, are those a rosary? Yes, yes. I keep this with me and it sort of um, it gives me the right headspace. You know, it helps me remember to not be uh, strange or unusual in my humor, to have the right values. You know, I keep it with me all the time. And sometimes I wear it on my hand. It's just a good kind of uh, mental health thing. Oh, now let me tell you this, now there's one thing too, because of the, we're, we're different mm -hmm. in here, I'm the age yeah. of your father, I'm, your, you said your father's 71? Yeah, 72. 72. So he's two years older than me. Okay, okay, you look, don't look at the air of the court, seriously. So, so he's right. a 1950 baby with yes, your Yes, 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 yes. And I'm or 52 50, baby. Well, 50, 50, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be 71 this year. Yeah, he will turn 73 in December. Now let me ask you this, how did you get around because the way that you have your hair yeah, it's and everything, little, little. no I'm just asking, <laughs> the, the way you have your hair and you also yeah. have a beard, yeah. when I was growing up I couldn't do that. Yeah, and get away yeah, with it. yeah, I was a little bit more clean cut originally. Um, what made you, you know, what made you, first of all, before we get into, sure. first of all tell me, where were you born? I was born in Saskatchewan, I was born in Saskatchewan, Canada in 1985, didn't stay there long, we left there when I was one uh, and I grew up mostly in New York. Uh, all around the tri-state area. We were in Jersey for a bit, in Teaneck, we were in Long Island for a while, we were in Brooklyn for a while, and I actually went to NYU. I went to college there in my undergrad, uh, where I, I studied education and music. Now let me so, ask you this, how many siblings do you have? Uh, all together, well officially three. Uh, I have two older brothers and one half-sister, and then I have other family, cousins and family friends who lived with us for a while, but yeah, officially three. Mom and dad still together? Yes, still together. Been rocky, but they made it work. <laughs> so, you're, you said you have two older brothers? Two older brothers, yeah. I'm and the youngest. one younger sister? No, one older sister. I'm, I'm the baby. You're the baby? Yes. The four? Yes. From mom and dad? Yes. The, my sister is actually technically a half-sister. but On whose side? Have, on my father's side. On your father's side? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. actually, between your mother and father, they yeah. have three boys? Three boys, yeah. We can only do boys. I have two sons as well. And so, we, can, we can't seem to make girls out of this family. That's what's happened with me because yeah. I have four sons. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But I came from a family of mm -hmm. me and my older brother, myself, and then yeah. two younger sisters. Yeah. So tell me this. You grew up in, Can you were born in Canada, yeah. but you grew up in New York. Yes, grew up in New York, went to college there, spent you know the first 21 years of my life mostly there. And then I came to Japan for the first time when I was 21, right after I graduated, and I taught English for a little bit. Uh, because I had a degree in music and English, and I just wanted to travel and see the world. And it was a great way to just travel in those days. It still is, just teaching English. So, yeah, that's when I first got acquainted with this country back in 2006. Okay, well tell me this. When you were a little boy, when you were growing up, yeah. were you more academic or were you more physical? Academic, definitely. And uh, How that's was that? actually, well, actually, that's my grandmother's fault because I have flat feet. Uh, I'm not going to show you, I'll spare you. Okay, my sister has flat feet. Yeah, as a result, I get aches in my ankle. I couldn't run very well, couldn't walk very well, so it kept me inside uh, doing nerdy stuff, <laughs> basically. From when you were young, so you From remember that young. being in elementary school? Yeah, so you, all of, ever so since you didn't school. do sports at all? Not a lot. I played basketball a bit in middle school, um, but I was always more um, introverted, more just into. 
uh, writing and music. Uh, I had an anime phase, you know, as, as one is wont to do. But let's get back to elementary <laughs> school. So in your elementary school, were you close with your brothers and your sisters? Yeah, we got along all right. You know, my older brothers looked out for me, and I was, uh, you know, inspired by their example. They were also very academic. My eldest brother went to oh, Harvard. So he w they were flat-footed too? Uh, no, no, they weren't. They had arches, and they did more sports than I did. They did basketball and, and uh, soccer. Um, but they were also very smart. Um, my oldest brother went to Harvard at medical school and Harvard undergraduate. Uh, really, really smart. And they're, everyone's successful. I mean, my sister was a lawyer and a photographer. My other brother is a business exec. So they all have done well. And they're all, everyone's doing okay. Everyone's doing everyone's great. Thinking. Everyone's doing great. Do they all have kids? No, no. My two older brothers don't. But my Did they uh, get married? Uh, no, my older brothers are in their 40s now. They are dedicated bachelors, much to my parents' chagrin. But my uh, older sister is married and has three kids. Three yeah. kids. All and boys. You, and you have two <laughs> And kids. I have two boys. Two boys. Two boys, yeah. yeah. Are they close in age, your uh, sister's kids and your five kids? years. Oh, well, with my sister's kids, they're a little bit close. My sister's kids are now in their teens, around 14, and my oldest is 13. So they get along okay, and they play games online, uh, apparently. They play Switch. Uh, and my youngest is about to turn eight. So okay, okay. Yeah, two boys. So when you're yeah. a little kid, so you didn't play sports so much, but nah. you, what kind of books did you get into to start off with? What were uh, your favorite books? Stuff that I probably shouldn't have been reading. <laughs> I was, when I was in early elementary school, I read Jurassic Park. I read a lot of books about oncology because my father was a cancer doctor. Uh, so I was eight years old and, and talking about, um, you know, uh, leukemia and breast cancer, and, and that's probably why I didn't have a lot of friends. At eight years old? Yeah, I was a weird So did kid. you feel that? But you say you were weird, but did yeah. they diagnose you with anything as a kid? Uh, the only thing I was diagnosed with, uh, which will sound maybe a little arrogant to say, but I was put in gifted classes because I tested very high on IQ tests, and I joined Mensa when I was, when I was young. So I scored 160, and I became a Mensa member. Uh, you one scored 160? Yeah, on an IQ test, on an official yeah. IQ test. Okay, but so then, then they put you in Mensa? Then they put me in a gifted program, and then later I joined Mensa. And so I made a lot of friends through Mensa, a lot of other really nerdy, pedantic, insufferable people. Um, but uh, it, was, it was good. It was helpful. But I thought you had to have more than 160 to get into You have Mensa. to score 98th percentile, which is two standard deviations up. If you start with 100, it would work out to about 132 IQ in order to be in Mensa. But that's a whole other can is of worms. Right? Psychometrics and the validity of IQ and what actually it correlates with. Right. Long discussion, and I could go way down the rabbit hole on that. I read that's a true. lot about IQ and intelligence studies when I was in college. Uh, but um, that would really subvert this whole discussion, I think. <laughs> no, let me ask you this. So, so, when you're, so growing up, growing yeah. up, and knowing that you got mm. into Mensa, and yeah. knowing that you're really, really sharp, mm. sharp, how did you handle yourself with other kids? Because they would pick on you, wouldn't they? A little bit, yeah, but I did find some other very nerdy friends to hang out with. And uh, I didn't have a bad time in middle school and high school. You know, I had you kind know. of my clique. Of but you knew how to yeah. handle yourself. Yeah, you I know how to get around myself. it. I was one of the only black kids in my school, actually. I went to a high school on Long Island in Suffolk County uh, that was mostly uh, white and Jewish and Italian kids. Because of your and, father's uh, profession. You yeah, he was there. working there. He was working Did at Did your mother Stony work Brook. too? She worked too, yeah. She was a general uh, practitioner. She was a primary care physician. Uh, and so they were both doctors. And I guess it's just good genes. You know, there's a lot of that's, that has smart people true. in the family. My father actually also was absolutely brilliant. He did politics in Jamaica. He was a professional soccer player. He actually played drums with Bob Marley, briefly. Not He wasn't in the Whalers, but do he you played. Play any, do you play any instruments? I played clarinet, saxophone, piano, violin a little bit. What saxophone? So, which one? Tenor, the big one. You do? You, yeah. Do you still do that? Not recently. I still play piano. I st I've kept up with piano, but not. Uh, I haven't played woodwinds in a few years. I'm behind. But I would love to get back into it. <laughs> 
Yeah. You're really fascinating me, John. Music's great. You know, the reason, not just that, mm -hmm. I had one of my clients once when I was yeah. an investment consultant okay. who was a member of Mensa. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know anything about that. A lot of weird service. people. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> the thing is that you're on a whole different frequency. Maybe. And being so, mm. you know that. Is it mm. difficult to, difficult for you when you get around other people? Do no, you no, no. I, I find that... Um, How you do know, you tolerate? No, <laughs> no, no. I, I, what on. I find, my experience actually around like the 99th percentile people is they tend to be very humble. They tend to be very introspective. They know their limits. They, they don't uh, presume too much. It's really more the like 80th, 70th percentile people who are a lot more arrogant, who, who feel like people are beneath them. That's my observation. Of people in Mensa? Pe no, not people in Mensa, just in terms of IQ generally. Right. right okay, the people like who are really super sharp tend to be a lot more humble. They know what they don't know, and they're not bragging about it all the time. Okay. So Mensa people have been great. I actually joined Japan Mensa as well, and they're super nice people to talk to. So you, you mm. get out of elementary school, you go into mm. junior high school. Yeah. Did you find your focus changed any? Yeah, when I got into junior high, I got into uh, theater a little bit. Uh, not acting, but okay. actually being in the crew, uh, writing, producing, and also doing the backstage design and lighting crew stuff. I did a lot of that, and I was in the pit orchestra. I played music. So I started getting into more creative profession, professional work, and my original plan was to be a musician. I wanted to play for the Philharmonic. So from junior yeah. high school? From junior high school. I wanted to go to Juilliard. <coughs> I played clarinet a ton, and I got into NYU originally on clarinet performance. I played Mozart's clarinet concerto, one of my favorite pieces. And that's how I got into NYU. <laughs> yeah, but then I switched. I switched Who, majors. Do, do either your parents play any instruments? They do, yeah, actually. My mother played piano. She was a gospel singer. She sings in church still. Uh, she also speaks German for some random reason, which she never explained. And my father, as I said, was a drummer, uh, very talented drummer. Uh, he also played a little bit of piano. A lot of music in the family. Just a siblings, lot of siblings. Your siblings? Yeah, my brothers played. They did piano, but they didn't weren't serious about music as much. Okay, yeah, your my sister? older brothers. She, I don't know actually. She would live separate from us for a while. I, okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. All right. All right. That's a good question. I should ask her. All right. So you finished junior high school. Then yeah. from junior high school, you go off into high school. Mm -hmm. Now, was this all within the same realm? Because most schools feed into other schools. Yeah, yeah. We, we so stayed. We were very stable so you, for that period. Okay. So you did not yeah. move around. No, no. We, we spent yeah. a good, oh, must have been eight or nine years on Long Island. Okay. Uh, and so that's where I went to middle school. And high school, and so that was very stable. Was and good. you didn't meet hardly any other blacks. No, no, very few. One or two others. Yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty much all uh, Asian, white. <laughs> didn't that? Okay, now I'm yeah. sure you had to deal with that yeah. somewhere or another. How did you? Yeah, how, I mean, when, did, when did it come to mind? Do you think it? Because yeah. you ever seen the movie with Steve Steve Martin? Yeah, he did one called The Jerk. Oh, a long time ago, yeah. That's long time yeah, ago, and yes, he grows up, and he's a, grows up in a black family. Yeah, yeah, it's very. And he has his birthday, and I think he's thirty yeah. something years old. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. His, his 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 black mother says, "Son, yeah. I got to tell you the truth." Okay. And she okay. said, "Um, yeah. you're not a natural born baby." <laughs> okay. And he says, said, okay. "You mean I'm going to stay this color?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> black. What so a shame. did you ever yeah. go through yeah. anything where you sat back and thought, yeah. "Wait." Mm -hmm. What, where am I? <laughs> yeah, what is this all about? Yeah. When am I going to start seeing people like me? Or did yeah. your parents take you back to Jamaica every We did go. Time? We did go. We went to Jamaica every in the year. summers. Not every year, but many summers Often. we did. So you knew yeah. you had a yeah. place where there were a lot of people like you. Absolutely. And I, I didn't really have identity issues growing up around race. You liked who you were. I was very happy. Maybe it's just arrogance, but I didn't. I never really hated myself. <laughs> I was pretty content. Uh, I had a mostly happy childhood. Not perfect. You know, you no, have no, your yeah, traumas yeah, here and there. Life, but. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we had a close family. We would see aunts and uncles and cousins a lot. We would go back to Jamaica. We'd go to so Canada. So you knew you were loved. You knew yeah, you had exactly. love. Yeah, exactly. I knew I had an identity, and 
I'm accustomed to being the only black guy in the room. I, I, I've worked in the tech industry for a long time in Silicon Valley, and that's just been the default is being, yeah, you're the black guy, just deal with it. And I never got hung so, up on it. So, but do you it. think, then don't you think about your appearance, like your hair and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, this is, this so is more recent. This is kind of me Well, I mean, when I saw go. you, I saw you like that. Yeah. I said, I, what I thought right away, I said, he is not afraid for one thing. Yeah. And he does not want to conform. That's a nice so way of he must, it. So he must be, listen, he must be one of those brainy brothers. Maybe. No, really, because you have to, look, you don't, first of all, the office won't let you. Mm. Mm. You cannot work mm. in a corporation mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. certain, mm -hmm. conforming to certain standards. Oh, of course. I'm They're very that. clear about that. So yeah. I said, you're outside of that, and you're a member here? Mm. Yes. So that told me right away. Yes. That's Either you're a guest, yeah. but you didn't sit around like you were a guest. Brilliant deduction. You look like you, belong, you, look like you belonged here. So I said, let me find mm. out who my brother is. So I was very right about right. Uh, the IQ assumption that I made. That's very right. brilliant deduction. It makes right. sense. Uh, I do clean up a little bit. I worked at Toyota for two and a half years. So I, I, I still had a beard for some of that, but I was a little bit more trimmed and I you know, tried to dress a but little bit. But you nicer. do what you do so well, they could care yeah. less. Yeah, well, I ended up leaving, but uh, I do my wait, own wait, consulting. Wait, why, 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 why? Well, we had some creative differences, I'll put it that way. Okay, it had nothing to do with appearance. No, it had nothing to do okay. with appearance. I mean, uh, you could make an argument that uh, the treatment of Japanese staff and foreign staff was a little bit divergent, and that's a whole other rabbit hole. But uh, I left on my own terms. You know, I was there working on software education, and I had a great experience, learned a lot. that's when I met you. You were yeah, working yeah, I was working Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. But I have my own firm now. Uh, you know, I'm actually in a much better place with my career. I have a lot more opportunities, and I'm working on a really interesting AI startup right now. So yeah, I think it was just, again, serendipitous. It was right timing for me to leave. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. So you never had to deal with that. You already had your identity. Now you Pretty leave happy. junior high school. Yeah. And where you thought you were going to become an orchestra. That's what I thought. Player. You, you thought, yeah, that thought. Yeah. Then you go into high school. Then what yeah. happens in high school? Yeah, we, it reinforced that. So high school, oh, I, you, yeah, you I was still? in the jazz band. I was in the orchestra. <laughs> I, was, uh, I actually had my own band in high school. Um, oh, man, what was it called? It was some horribly embarrassing name. I think we were called Johnny B. What did you play? What did you play? I, I was playing saxophone. At that time. And I had a drummer. Time. I had a piano player. <laughs> and I had a, uh, a couple of in and out uh, bass players. We had some issues okay. with our bass player. Um, but uh, we were called Johnny B and the Hamburger Helpers. Yeah, I was horrible. I know. Uh, <laughs> but, but you didn't pick that whole name. I, I'm sure I might have. You. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Johnny B and the Hamburger Helpers. Yeah, yeah we played at okay. nursing homes and we played at school events. It didn't make a lot of money, but it was still fun. You know, we played Herbie Hancock and you know jazz standards and stuff. It was fun. Okay. We had a good time. So yeah. then, from high school now, you're you're mm. still going on this music. orchestra yeah. music thing, right? Yeah. So when did it change? When I was in college, my first year at NYU, uh, I switched from music to English. Why? I had, well, Why? a lot of reasons. I read a lot, and my interests changed. And I started thinking a lot about the world, uh, about culture, about politics and society. And I was really an outsider at NYU. And I don't want to go too deep into politics. But, but, but in what way? In what way? How well, you not, you uh, intellectually. They, they had a certain agenda that they would pretty aggressively push in the uh, education schools. Uh, it was a very militant, kind of one-dimensional, uh, hard leftist type of agenda. And I don't have a problem with liberalism, but they were very militant, and they were not interested in any kind of discussion or intellectual freedom. So I actually, I'll be very blunt, I didn't get along with people very well at NYU. Okay. I, I really didn't. I didn't get along with people. I had such a problem there that I ended up graduating in three years. I did a summer session to make sure I, to make sure I could get out of there fast. Let <laughs> me ask you, Jonathan, okay, let me ask you this. If you can share with me, and sure, I, can please, please. I can edit this later if you yeah, don't have yeah, 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 no, But sure. what, what were the liberal agenda that they had that you felt, yeah. 
And let's not get into politics, yeah. but just what, you don't even call yeah. it liberal. Sure, sure, sure. What were some of the issues yeah. that they were really pushing that yeah. you said, wait? Well, so, okay, I, I grew up in a moderately religious family, and I was mostly agnostic about it. I only came back to the church the last few years, um, but I was never really strident in one way or another. But, for example, we would be doing readings, and there was no interest in actually understanding both sides of an issue, um, whether it was about education. You know, they were talking about, for example, the unions and how they were always needing more money. And I was saying, you know, well, there's actually an argument as to why people want to put their kids in private schools, why they have vouchers and things like that. You know, we should actually try to understand why people believe this. And they just didn't want to hear it. They just, there was never a chance to have an honest discussion. So that was one example, because my first, my major actually was English education. I wanted to be a classroom teacher. I wanted to be a public school teacher. And so I'm a very curious person. I want to understand all sides of the issue. Why is it that you have people protesting at budget uh, meetings? Why do you have all of this uh, controversy about charter schools and things like that? I dig into it and I read and I read and I go to class and I try to you know, bring up these issues and I would just get shut down constantly. And so, it drove me so nuts. So you know that wasn't necessarily the school, that's yeah. who they hired. The that's professor the professors, yeah. No, I don't want to speak too badly about all of NYU. I'm NYU so is nice. Right. But, but you weren't getting the right ones. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get, well, I had some good ones. My <laughs> Shakespeare professor was amazing. He was one of my favorites. Was Brilliant. he really good? He was great. Amazing. Amazing. He, he gave a whole lecture about comparing Shakespeare to Seinfeld. And it was he amazing. He was right on top of it. It was amazing. I, yeah, so he was good. And the music teachers were good as well. Okay. Uh, but some of the education uh, professors, yeah, I, I didn't get along with them. So I, I graduated I, with a degree in English education. And I actually did teach. I taught in the city for a while. Uh, and it was not long after that that I left to go to Japan for the first, first stint. What made you decide to come to Japan? Yeah, that's a great question. My parents were very against that. Uh, they were, they, wait, they were <laughs> against it? They were against it. For they, what reason? They, well, they didn't want me to be so far away, and they thought it would disrupt my career, and they thought... And they've know, never you know, traveled here? They yeah, they've no never clue. been here. They're, they still haven't. I mean, they, they, uh, it's they ironic because they moved from Jamaica to the United States. They that's went very far away. Well, of. it's different, but yeah. you know, they still were willing to leave their country. Yeah. And I made this point. For opportunities. They yeah, couldn't exactly. do it. What are you going to do in Jamaica? Come on. Well, well exactly. Jamaica is tough. Is. So is. I, I tried to, we argued about it, but I just said basically, I want to see the world. I want to get out of my comfort zone. My experience at NYU had made me just more curious about the world. And your brother and, sisters yeah. had, your brother yeah. and your sister hadn't done yeah. so. Yeah, they hadn't done that. No, they still, well, they've traveled a little bit now. But back then, I was in my early 20s, and I was just curious. I just wanted to see more of the world. I was also a little bit of an anime nerd, I'll be honest. You know, I thought it might be fun to come here and you know, be able to play video games before they come out in the West. That so now how did you come over? What, I mean, did you do it I was on your doing, own? Your I was teaching. I got a job at an English school, uh, and uh, then later on I got a job at a private school. Uh, I taught at um, Wayo Kudan uh, Girls School, and then another school called... This is in Tokyo? This is in Tokyo, yeah. Okay. I also taught at a school called Tokyo Jogakkan for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was another, these are like girls' high schools, and then also I did some... Um, Conversation school. I didn't do Nova. What's that British one? Yeah, right. Nova. Shane or something. I okay. taught there for a little bit. Right. So I did a lot of conversation schools and, and English teaching for about a year and a half, uh, and then I eventually, I think it was 2009, uh, came back to the United States uh, after having well, been here for a while. How long had you been here? Uh, did you, did on you and come off. Here? Yeah, did I came at the end of 2006. Okay. And then I was back you. and forth a bit. I was basically here all of 2007 a portion of 2008 and a portion of 2009. Gotcha. Uh, and then I left. What do you mean a portion of 2008? Yeah, I spent some time, I spent a lot of the summer in the States and I spent part of the winter oh. in the States too. I hear, I hear. So, so I wasn't here the whole year, but I, I was hear. here for a good chunk of it. Okay. Uh, that's when I, I met my wife as well, actually. When, when 2008? In 2000, late 2007. Okay. Uh, we were living in the same area. Um, I was teaching 
I always have to clarify that because people always think, oh, it was one of your students, and no, I, that's weird. I met her, she was in the same building as me, and uh, we just started dating. It was nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and now yeah. you have mm -hmm. two kids. We have two kids, yeah. Two, two boys. Kids. Two boys. What, yes, are yes. what are their names? Uh, Kenshiro and Kai. Okay, so yeah. you gave them both Japanese names. Yes, yes, yes. They have uh, Western middle names. Their okay. middle names are from my brothers. So my brothers are their godparents. Oh, that's but, beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, so you're taking them back home. Have, has everyone back, so they've back been, to see your family? Yeah, they, they've seen both sides of it. They're, the first six years with our, our eldest were all in New York. And then our youngest was born, and then a month after he was born, oh no, a couple of months after he was born, we moved back to Japan. That was end of 2015. So it's actually very interesting what's happened as a result. The youngest, his mother tongue is Japanese, and he's trying to catch up with English now. Because he's only been in the States now for about a year and change. Whereas the oldest, his mother tongue is English, he still speaks Japanese, but he doesn't like Japanese food that much. He loves American food. He loves Chick-fil-A. That's his favorite thing. So the youngest, he only eats Japanese food. He loves uh, natto, which I hate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so one of them is kind of more Japanese. typically Japanese than the other. But they get along great. What they about look-wise? Does one look yeah. more like more Japanese than the other? Yeah, but the, my oldest looks exactly like my father, which is kind of terrifying. And the youngest looks exactly like my wife's father, which is terrifying for her. So, yeah, that's, they've, they've, they've got that going for Terrifying, them. Terrifying, but you yeah. loved your father. We oh, yeah, we, we got along fine. Yeah. We got along fine. So yeah. I'm glad that they've had a childhood now where they've had a good amount of time in New York, a good amount of time in Tokyo, and now they're living in Texas. So all the cool places. All so what do you plan cool. on doing? So are you yeah. going to move yeah. according to where business takes you, or are you planning on yeah, coming I, back here sometime I mean, and having uh, raised The here? way my business works now, I can live anywhere. Um, so I, I travel a good bit now that COVID has, has calmed down this a bit. This is your company? Yes, yeah, my company, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have two companies. So I have my main consulting firm. Uh, I have a number of clients and contractors, and we do all kinds of work, mostly around DevOps and digital transformation. Uh, training. We're doing a lot of work with AI now. AI is a real big thing. Isn't it? Um, yeah, we have a ton of people now asking, oh, what can we do with AI? How do we use AI? They're just kind of this FOMO, this fear of missing out. Uh, and so we have some experts there to help people figure out how to work it into their business, how to not get left behind. That's a right. big focus. But I also have a separate startup that just received some funding uh, that is going to be building a really interesting analytics platform. Okay. So I have those two main Analyzing things going. Analyzing what? Analyzing basically training data around corporate training and education and finding ways to uh, predict outcomes of investing in human resources. That's a very high level way of putting it. But essentially, we're trying to get ahead of the fear about automation destroying jobs uh, by finding ways to prove and validate the business case around investigating in human resources. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty high level, but we have a couple of uh, angel investors now and we're working on an MVP. We're going to try to get our first official seed round in the fall. Do you have many people yeah. working with you? About a dozen. Uh, well, on that, about a dozen. With my consulting firm, it's more like 40 or so now. Mostly contractors. Oh, that's right. so that's yeah. what you, you deal with. You, you're mm -hmm. on your own. I'm on my when own, you yeah. need people, yeah, I have tons you bring of them in. Yeah, and I do some of my so own direct consulting as well. I've worked a, I, was, I worked uh, as an engineering manager for university for a while. I worked um, as a CTO for another crypto startup. I'm doing some uh, data layer optimization for another blockchain crypto startup right now. Uh, and I'm also going to be working with a religious organization uh, that's a really interesting group called the Augustine Institute. Uh, I, I worked with them. I'm going to be uh, serving as an engineering lead with them. So wow. I do. I do. That's going to be a pay position. Yeah, yeah, yeah I stay busy. I stay busy. I, cool. I, I like, you know, getting you like my hands You like what you're doing. Yeah, I love what, what about I'm doing. your wife? Does she work? She's focused on the kids and has done a lot of volunteer work. Uh, helped uh, join the church after after uh, did our, doing RCIA, 
and uh, has been just you know the support for our family really. What so about, what about your, your language abilities? I speak English and Japanese. Obviously, my Japanese isn't as good as hers. Okay. But Are you uh, reading and writing yeah. as well? Reading and writing is okay, yeah. Okay. Not, um, if you ask me to just write a kanji from memory, I may struggle with that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but I, I can read okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what are your aspirations for now? You're yeah. only 38 years old, right? Sure, only, yeah, I guess. You're only 38. Well, sure. I see that's yeah. that being someone who's 70. Sure, so sure, been, sure, it's all, it's all relative. It's all relative. It is, tell me about it. Yeah. So at 30, 38 years old, yeah. what are your aspirations for the, mm -hmm. the future? Do you have, yeah. how do you see yourself, let's say, yeah. at 48, 58? Whew, man, those are interesting questions. I mean, I, I honestly, I've lived a very opportunistic life. I've just taken things as they come. Uh, the good and the bad. Uh, I've had a lot of the best laid plans have not come true because of things getting in the way. But I, I've I've been fortunate. I, I have a habit of failing upward. You know, I've been fired. <laughs> I've been fired four times in my life, and every time I've been fired, I've always ended up in a better place. And one thing I've learned is a great. I follow the advice of Eisenhower, who had this great quote. He said that plans are mostly useless, but planning is essential. Talking about war, like of course, that. right? Which no. is is true. You know, That's you good. can't. You can't be too rigid in specifically what has to happen, but you do want to account for the future as much as possible. So when I think about my next decade or so, I really want to get into a paradigm of um, helping build companies, helping invest in ideas. You know, I'm getting away from the hands-on kind of hourly grind and getting into more uh, VC work. Uh, you know, just I worry about the direction of society with uh, certain cultural trends and also AI. And I want to try to make sure I, I leave my mark on the world for my kids in a good way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we need to be very intentional about it. We need a third way. I don't think we can just <laughs> drive endlessly toward automation. You know, I, I saw Sam Altman's great testimony before Congress, and I think that's kind of one vision. And then I saw there's a lot of reaction. There's kind of this Luddite fear of technology. I think we need a third way. We need leadership. We need some kind of uh, an intentional, thoughtful way of creating a, a human future. You know, at least for my own kids, that's my oh. that's what motivates me. That's beautiful, John. But listen, mm -hmm. before I end the podcast, please, there's please. a question I always ask. Yeah, being a Menza member and having the IQ you have and knowing what mm -hmm. you know now, because mm -hmm. it always tends to, like mm -hmm. I said, when you fail, you fail upward. Yeah, unfortunate. If if you could magically go back in time mm. and meet the younger Jonathan. Oh God. <laughs> what age would that Jonathan be, and oh what God. advice would you give him? That's the easiest question in the world. I would go to myself at 18, and I would say, go to the gym every day. You are completely overweight. You're a miserable, greasy piece of crap. Go to the gym and work out. That's the one regret I have in my life, is that I am in terrible shape. So that's the only thing I would change. It's the most important thing. Health, it gets so much harder as you get older. So yeah. Tell me about it. Yes, that's Tell the main thing. I've been going to the gym every day the last few months, yeah. and it's been getting better. I've started uh, a new diet, you know, and it's getting better. but. I was in terrible shape in my 30s and 20s mostly. <laughs> That's the one thing I wish I could go back and change. All right, Jonathan, yeah. I want to thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This has been great. And I, I want to just extend my appreciation to you. I really love the club. Um, I don't know how much we should talk about that. But, you know, the American Club, uh, it's been a great, great home away from home during my time in Japan. And here again now visiting, it's just so nice to come back and 
they remember you. That's you know, right. I feel like John Wick. You know, oh, Isn't it's good something? to see you again. Well, it's hard to forget you. Wait, 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 me, John Wick. Wait, it's hard to forget you. It'd be different yeah. if you look yeah. more like the people sure, around sure, you. Sure, 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 sure. I know I stand so out. People, I know you stand, I stand out. out. So yeah, yeah, they're I, gonna remember you. I appreciate it. It's been and great. You're, and you're sociable when you need to be. What? What? It takes a lot of effort. But I know. No, I see. I saw you sitting in the corner like this, and I got closer, and you kind of shrank up a little bit. Like, what's he gonna say to me? I'm an introvert. The the difference between introverts and extroverts is that. Extroverts get energy from social situations, whereas introverts, it drains them of energy. Isn't For it me, true? it's draining. It's not easy, but I can make it work. <laughs> Listen, I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make mm -hmm. sure you press a like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan, mm -hmm. so continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed.